Welcome to Factum Agri, dedicated to New Zealand's primary industry. Each week, I talk with farmers and growers, industry, the science community, and policymakers to hear their stories and views on matters relevant to both our rural and our urban communities. This week on Factum Agri, North Canterbury farmer Stu Fraser joins me to discuss the current season and some of the challenges facing our farmers today. Stu joins me now. Hello, Stu. Thank you for talking with me today. No worries. Thanks for having me. Please, can you tell me about your farm and where you're from? Yeah, no dramas. So we're a sheep and beef operation, um, 2,850 hectares on the south banks of the Huanui River overlooking the Amiri Basin. Yep. Um, so we are a breeding finishing farm running 5,500 5, mixed-age ewes, um, 2,000 hobbits, 400 mixed age cows, and then we finish 800 R2 steers. Well, uh, one R2 steers. So, okay. um, so yeah, everything on farm here is finished. We have 300 hectares of irrigation on our flats. We're 80% hill country, 20% flats. And I farm here with my wife, three kids, and two full time staff, including the old man who's a casual, yep. helps out when you can so yeah the farming operation is a equity partnership it's been the yep. equity partnership since 1994 mm. um so yeah it's um it's worked well for us um i came home five years ago from australia six years ago now yep. as a diesel mechanic and then took over management of the farm previous to the old manager after the um after my father left about mm. um 12 13 years ago so yeah. Superb. Yeah. It's quite good to be able to finish all your own progeny, not having to deal with trading stock uh, so much um, and off um, or third parties so much. Yeah, we're very lucky in that respect. Uh, we've had irrigation on our flats, uh, resource consent to water since yep. um, 1970 when my grandfather first put irrigation in. His yeah, right. philosophy, yeah, his philosophy of the irrigation was it might not pay, but he sleeps better at night. So Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, so yeah, and some years it works really well, some years not so much. We're definitely restricted on uh, water flows and seasonals, but yep. it gives us that ability to be able to, if we need to, if is sell store lambs, if it's getting dry, to look after our maternal animals. Yeah, sure. So how was the summer season in terms of feed covers and, and your stock condition? Uh, summer season was actually reasonably good. So the ewes weaned well in good condition, we had a sort of a dry start to the summer, you could say. So we got some dry feed for the ewes to dry off on. Uh, um, though on the hill country, they do reasonably well up there. Yeah. Um, and got reasonably dry sort of that end of December, January, um, so which sort of put us in a little bit of a position of having to sell lambs Yeah. just to try and keep feed ahead of them. Sure. Um, but but yeah, he had a really good uh, end of January, February, really, to be honest. Yeah, yeah, good one. And did you manage to sneak away at all, get off farm? No, no, that no. doesn't happen very often. But Does, doesn't it? <laughs> no, yeah, yeah. no we, ended, we ended up having another baby in the 3rd of January. So that's... Oh, congratulations. For, yeah, yeah, thanks. So yeah, put a bit of the work for any family holidays. But yeah, yeah, it's pretty demanding, well, especially well, this farm's reasonably well balanced, so it's a little bit harder to get away from my wife would probably not say the same thing it's just me but <laughs> anyway that's just yeah, farming to be honest yeah and what about autumn how's that going from what i've seen around the region the country looks in pretty good shape 
the um the, the order's been incredible for North Canterbury, especially with it's been one out of the box. You could probably say it's more spring like growth than it is autumn, to be honest. Um, but yeah, incredible. We've had we had 180 mils of rain between February and March. And so the ewes have gone into tupping in really good condition, haven't had to feed out any supplements, and the calves have done really well on mum. So yeah, yeah this is um if if this is uh, autumn like we'd always have, it'd be it'd be great. But considering what we ended up with as an autumn in 2021, where we didn't get any rain till the 28th of May, um, we're, this is this is incredible. So yeah, we're making the most of it. Yeah, that's awesome. And have you made any changes due to the good the good autumn season in terms of finishing stock or sending stock out the gate, or have you gone for more weight? Uh, we have gone for more weight. We. We're in a, a reasonably good position where we contract all our lambs to to our meat provider, so it yep. doesn't really affect us too much. Sure. But yeah, just yeah, um, we have held on to more lambs than um, and get them to heavier rates weights that we, as we can, sort of thing like that. Um, yeah, yeah. Are you sort of finishing stuff as we speak? Yes. Yeah. yeah. We're we're down to our last two hundred lambs. Yeah. Right. Was. Yeah. Um, out of out of eight thousand, so it's mm. it's been a yeah, it's been a good year for that. And then we've just weaned all our calves, so they're on our flats now. So mm. yeah, feed like this, we sort of start bringing our maternal stock down to the flats to to keep them going reasonably well. And cows on the hill. Yeah, sure. How are those markets holding up? Uh, not bad. I think uh, lamb lambs lifting slightly. It was definitely a, a real struggle earlier on. To be honest, uh, for us, yeah. the the talk was that you know nothing would get below eight dollars, yeah, um, and then we ended up at six dollars fifty. So, mm-hmm. and I don't think many like yeah, many people could see that coming. Um, but yeah, so yeah. that makes it difficult, especially with with in, um, input costs going up. But yeah, that's yeah, right. Lamb, 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 lambs holding now. They're not. They're sort of talking it not going to be at the levels of overwinter as it was last year. But but still not bad. Um, beef seems to be holding well, and should should remain there. He's hoping. But yeah, the cow U prices are obviously well back on last year. So yeah, that'd be that'd be interesting. Well, hopefully, um, with this exceptional autumn, there might be a bit of a lift in carcass weight. Yes, agreed. And a lot yeah. of people probably in the same boat as us is they're holding on to the dry stock a little bit longer because we've yep. got the feed and and put a little bit more carcass weight on. So, mm. Yeah. Hey, um, what does a winter season normally look like for you, or a, a typical winter? A typical winter is pretty hard to to say because it we sort of I don't I don't remember having mild winters like this when I was a kid. So yeah. Um, so for the last sort of six winters, it's been reasonably mild and I haven't really had the, the cold frost after frost after frost that we tended to have. Mm. But yeah, for us, we um, we run all our R2s on fodder beat behind yep. the break and, f- and finish them off fodder beat and all our young cattle are on kale and then we try and keep our ewes on the hill um, later on into their mm. gestation length and mm. then bring them yeah off from the hill and the hoggets will run on the flats uh behind a wire on on grass so mm. yeah <clears throat> yeah normally for us we plan on 100 days of winter yeah do you so, think um do you think frosts are coming a bit later and for not as long yeah oh I'd, I'd i'd say that seems mm. to be the pattern um yeah, yeah. 
yeah, it's just it just doesn't seem to be like yeah, it doesn't seem to be those extreme hard frosts and frozen puddles day after day, sort of thing like that 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 we used to get. So yeah, you're right because I yeah. remember as a kid on the farm in Greta Valley, and you'd have weeks and weeks of frost and and hoarfrost, and we're just sort of not seeing it, are we? No, no, we're not. We're not. So I'm not sure whether it means that we're we're getting closer to that cycle again, or it means that that. That's it's completely changed. So mm, yeah. Mm. yeah. Um, now there's a lot happening on the policy front right now for uh, for farmers. Have you got a view on the pricing of ag emissions? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Everyone seems to have a pretty good um, take on it. Uh, I think I think it, it has to be done on proven science. Yeah. I don't think we can we can half ass it, and mm. and it can't be rushed. Um, yeah, it's extremely hard with the ag emissions. I mean, it takes into so much account. Um, sort of, I did our, I did the know your number and yep. for our farm. Yeah, and just for I can't remember whether it was the methane or CO two, but we we're looking at twenty five thousand dollars tax because it would be it is a tax to be honest. Yeah, it is. Of course, it um, is. The hardest thing about that is, and that's not does include uh, CO two. So um, the money that I pay to as a levy, it has to come from somewhere, mm. um, and and it has to come out of something else that I can't do. So mm. whether that comes out of the environmental side of our budget, or whether it comes out of um, fertilizer or anything like that. So yeah, I it's it's got to be well proven, and it's got to be. It's got to be um, fair, I suppose. Yeah, absolutely. And, of course, that know-your-number calculation you would have done, it won't be a true number because it wouldn't have allowed you to account for your total on-farm sequestration that's in real terms, would it? Agreed. Yes, yes. And then like uh, the hardest thing is that we have so much of our farm that is, um, according to the rules, not able to be used to offset our emissions. Mm. Even though it is sequestering carbon. Agreed. Yep. 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 Um, I mean, we've got green grass out there that's sequestering carbon as we speak, but that's not yeah. counted either. So, um, yeah. So it's, it's things like that 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 just seem to be, um, yeah, extremely unfair in, yep. in a sense. Yeah. Um, I mean, if we, yeah, we could go. You could, we could talk about what they should be, <laughs> what they should be taxing and other ways of gathering revenue. But yeah, it's just if if it's a tax like this. It, I'd like to see the money that we have to pay being used on on our farm to better our emissions. So, like yes. that twenty five thousand dollars be used so that I can buy bulls or or progeny that that are proven to be lower emitting carbon yes. uh, um, animals um, to be able to plant areas of um, of native land on my farm rather than to pay a bureau, uh, bureaucratic. To drive around in a ute and tell me how to farm and what I should be doing. Yeah, agreed on that, hundred percent. And of course, the Climate Change Commission uh, has just come out and has been talking about, of course, uh, progressing with the ag emissions. But as we've just talked about, there can't be a net farm emission, in my view, without calculating total on-farm sequestration. Now, they've also made some comments around carbon farming. What are your views on carbon farming? Um, yeah, I did see that, and and I mean, we could all see it coming. To be honest, it was it was only a matter of time, but it seems to be uh, two you know two years behind 
or, you know, too too late because we've already lost some incredible farms to straight carbon farming that will mm. never, ever be utilised for farming again. Um, mm. Yeah, I think oh, I can't see it. I just feel that people that well, they have the ability to be able to buy a farm to put it in pine trees are only doing it because they have the money and it allows them to continue to do what they do but feel better about it but mm. not actually help. So, yeah. 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 Um, I, um, yeah. Pine trees do play an important role uh, in a mixed farming a mixed farming model. There's no question about that. But it's the it's the wholesale land use change of big emitters essentially dumping their pollution on farmland that I have an issue with uh, because it, that yep. doesn't incentivize or drive change for their own industry, does it? No, it doesn't. It just it just makes them feel better about doing what they're doing and carrying on what they're doing. Mm. Um, I mean, you could imagine what the king's coronation would be this 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 weekend. Yeah. There'd be a lot of private jets sitting in the airports over there. Yeah, that's that, right. That have got to come from somewhere. So yeah, yeah, yeah. And it just seems to be yeah, the people are happy to do it, but they don't want it in their backyard. So that's right. That's right. Yeah. yeah. And what about the ETS? Um, does that need changing? Do you think, or have they got that right? Uh oh, there's that. It's hard to follow. To be honest, with what the what changes they're doing and what they think that needs changing, um, I definitely don't want to see agriculture in the ETS. Mm. Um, I think, yeah, but it's yeah, it's just another tax take. I feel another scheme, and they're called a scheme for a reason because they are a scheme. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, and you touched on uh, increasing farm input costs. They are going through the roof that's got to be a real concern um have you got any thoughts around that and perhaps how industry or farming can counter those increased input costs yeah it's a hard one like yeah input costs have are sort of uh killing us at the moment um along with the with the land price this season so we lost 40 dollars a lamb on last year um this year so that automatically that's you know, dollars $300,000, of uh, of income we lose. Uh, and with the rising increases of farm input costs, yeah, that, that's driving a big part of what we have to do on our budget. Uh, mm. We're working closely with the, you know, with the banks, like every farm mm. we've got, we've got debt. Mm. And the banks have been pretty good, to be honest. Uh, I know that they're offering a lot of interest-free loans, mm. or interest-only loans, sorry, mm. um, yep. at the moment. So, yeah. Yep. Yeah, uh, um, it's hard to budget um, for this. Well, it, it's it's hard to budget for this when all the information that you're getting from the economists and everything like that to say is that land would would have hold, held where it was. Um, um, but yeah, like we're doing everything we can, obviously, to start cutting costs and. And sort of, you know, hunkering down. That means utilising less contractors, doing mm. a lot more of our on-farm stuff ourselves. Um, yeah. yeah we need, we, that, yeah. Yeah. We need a material change or a significant change and upside to, to farm gate pricing, don't we? Yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, we're... It's, it's it's been the same. We're we're a price taker, not a price setter. So yep. so we we take the price because you know we've got we've got no other option really. So mm. yep yep. So we buy everything. We sell everything at wholesale and buy everything at retail. I think farming must be just about the only industry in the world that does that. Uh, what you yes. just said. It's not a great model. It's certainly one that the farming sector has to deal with. But 
hopefully at some point in the future there might be a reversal of that and you know farmers particularly in this country as we as New Zealand's looking to place itself as the most efficient and sustainable food producing nation on the planet there's there's a middle class in our large markets that that I believe uh, we need to tap into more that conscious consumer that will ultimately pay more for product that leaves our shores agreed agreed and yeah and that's that's what needs to happen um yeah like there's been a lot of changes to the uh nz farm assurance plan they've added the plus on the end which um integrates environmental people community all this sort of thing um the hardest thing about meeting these farm assurance programs is that there's a huge cost to the farmer mm. um, and without a financial incentive um, it, it's extremely hard to justify which it's the right thing to do um, but it's just extremely hard to see a payback because mm. farmers are farmers are very good at not counting their time or factoring in their time when our time is worth money yeah, well, they don't. Uh, yeah, farmers don't uh, account their time prop, do, uh, do they? You know, they might be working 80, uh, 100 hours a week, but not not putting that into a into a balance sheet or a spreadsheet and see what tips out the bottom, are they? Yeah, no, they're not. No, no. So, yeah, it'll be it'll be interesting to see. There's there's some really awesome things on the horizon. I feel. Um, mm. I think there's also a lot of change that need to happen to, um, to yeah. Well, I think. Definitely around the the go you know, the farming side of emissions is that we we need to do our part. I feel like coming from where previous generations have come from, we have come a long way in production wise of yep. uh, you know of labour percentages of carcass yep. weights of all those things. Um, and the bar will still keep moving. I just think it, it has to be uh, it has to be measured and manageable. Mm. Really, yeah, yeah. It- and your reference, you've just had um, another child. And when you look at your children and think about their potential farming future, and, and indeed, you, you know, your grandchildren, how does farming look in, say, 30, 50 years' time in this country? I hope it, it swings back the other way, where um, farming is definitely valued more than probably what it is today, that, that we are, you know, because I think we're needed. Um, the far the world's not going to feed itself. It's only going to get harder and harder. Mm. Um, I just hope that we just don't regulate ourselves out of all our markets. And the yeah, the reason I went farming is because of the upbringing bringing that it gave me. And yep. I hope to give that to my kids. Mm. Well, um, my father was very good, or parents were very good, saying that he felt that we needed to do something off farm for a start, and if we wanted to come back farming, we always had that option. So, mm. I mean, mm. I'm, a, I'm a I'm a child. Well, it was five in my family. I'm the middle, and yep. my oldest my oldest brother's a engineer. Um, my, my brother above me, he's a refrigeration mechanic. I'm yep. a mechanic. My sister's a nurse, and my brother's a builder. So, we all did things off farm. If we really went farming, that'd all be very helpful and um and cutting costs. You could yeah, say. yeah, yeah. And being a mechanic, you'd be quite handy on the farm, I suspect. Yeah, it's just having the time to do it. To be honest, yeah, um, yeah. But it is, it is. It's a, it's a big saving, and it gives us the option of 
tinkering and 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 cutting costs where we can. So yeah, yeah. But when, it, when it's all said and done, you think New Zealand's got a good farming future? I think it does. Yeah, yeah. I think we and and I think like farmers need to be um, proud of the fact that we are, um, you know, incredibly efficient in our ways that we farm. And we've had to do that from years of you know, hard work from our ancestors and mm. generations of of coming you know coming along. And we we're farmers are, have the ability to be able to do that. Mm. And we're pretty lucky where we are in an industry where farmers are happy to help each other. Mm. Um, I don't think there's many industries where you know people are willing to help their competitors. And mm. yeah, I think I think we'll get through this. I just think that we just need. Um, we need leadership from our leaders yep. um, and, and a clear pathway, really. Mm, mm. Hey, um, thank you, Stu. I've enjoyed chatting with you today. <laughs> so have I. Thanks, Angus, for your time. Much appreciated. There's a lot to be said about Stu's comments and taking any emissions tax and driving that straight back to the farmer in order to purchase things like low-emitting livestock or to purchase the relevant vaccines when they come to market. And in my view, there should be options for farmers before an emissions tax is even considered for implementation. Increased farm input costs are real and well documented and biting. Adding an emissions tax further turns the screws. The Climate Change Commission says that any process should be science-led. So if the government is hell-bent on taxing farmer emissions that is science-driven, then for heaven's sake, get the equation right. Recognise and calculate all on-farm sequestration. As the science tells us, sequestration is happening on farms that is currently being ignored. That's the only fair and equitable way to arrive at a net on-farm emission profile. If this process is not done correctly, then we have a significant problem with the current policymakers in this country. That's all from me this week. Thank you for listening and catch you next time.